Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, hi, Jenna. Well, hi, Shelby. How are you today? Oh, doing pretty good. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. (laughs) (laughs) Always at the same time. Jinx, oh yeah, soda. Jinx. Jinx, you got me a soda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, cheers. I don't even have cute. that cute. Is, was it Junko? Is that who did it is, this cop? Yeah. It's so cute. I so love it. Adorable. It says it's a good day to read a book in this really cute little like, groovy font. I love it. It's so, so cute. cute. This and was the like present that, that Shelby got for me when we first started the podcast. Yeah. It's some bookish stuff that kind of goes with our theme. Mm-hmm. So cute. And mine says Vintage 1993, Age to Perfection. Oh, yeah. It was a birthday present from my mom. <laughs> It's so cute. I love it. I love it so much. It's so cute. Well, what are we talking about today, Shelby? Uh, today, we're doing A Court of Silver Flames. Yay. <sighs> AKA Shelby's favorite book of Akatar series. All time. Wow. <laughs> I, th- I th- honestly think that this rivals Kingdom of Ash for me. I mean, it is It is a really good book. And it's yeah. so different from the other Akatar books. Or like, I, I mean, I know it's kind of the same, yeah. but it feels so different. <laughs> Like, the emotions behind it feel so different because they feel so yes. much more mature than the other Akatar books to me. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And I think that's why it's one of my favorites. So, spoiler free, what did you rate this book? Oh, I rated it five stars. Yeah. Yeah. Hard for me not to. What about you? Infinity. Infinity, Infinity stars. stars. <laughs> well, that's what you get for a top book of all time, I would expect. Infinity right? stars. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's so it. good. Yeah. A Quarter Silver Flames is the... Fourth book, I guess. Fifth book. Depends on if you count yeah. the novella as three and a half or not. Which I think I usually do count it as like a three whole and a book. Even yeah, I count like, it as a whole book too. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll say the fifth book in the Akatar series. And this is when it starts shifting away from Farah and Rhysian's relationship and into other couples. Other couples, but mainly focusing on Nesta and Cassian's yes. relationship. Oh my gosh. When I first went to read this book, so I really didn't want to read it. You and didn't. Jenna's like, you have to read it. <laughs> I don't understand how people can read A Court of Silver Flames and still hate Nesta. I feel the same way. And people have strong hate still there towards There are her. some people who just haven't forgiven her. And I, like, after reading this book and being inside her head and, like, understanding why she's stressing yeah. so much... I just don't understand how anybody can't have sympathy for that. Me too. Me too. A hundred percent. And I think that's why this book got me so hard. Yeah. And I think this is especially good for people like mental health issues. Yeah. You've dealt with trauma in your past and you're still working on it. Like at a time in my life when I read this mm-hmm. first, I was going through a lot and it hit 
so hard Mm -hmm. and now knowing everything and rereading it like it hit me just as hard yeah when I remember the same thing from the first time that I read this book too that I think part of why I really love it is it's not even just a romance kind of relationship book like the friendships that Nesta is building yes are so much a key part of her character growth Mm -hmm. and of the story in general, like their relationship with each other is just as important as her relationship is that she's building with Cassian. And it's so important. And it was so unexpected for me the first time too. And it's just so sweet to see how such different people can get so close and like bond so closely. I just love that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. So from here on out, we'll have spoilers, but not just for Akatar. We're going to have spoilers for kind of all of SJM. I know, especially I have some for this one. So Crescent City, Throne of Glass. We're going to have spoilers for all of those. Yep. So if you haven't read those books yet, I highly encourage reading those first before you listen to the rest of this episode. Perfect. And before we get into it, if you guys could please go and give us a review and give us a rating, it really helps us grow and we love to connect with everybody as well. (laughs) Or DM us your theories too. As always, we love to hear what you guys are thinking. On Spotify, I don't know if everybody knows this, but we have like a QA and a section and then we also have like, I've been putting like send us your theories on it and so it's like a free response oh so you can answer right through the spotify app in general yeah that's fun so as you're listening if you have any thoughts that's a good place to can message us directly there exactly which is so fun so if like you're listening at some point you hear like oh i want to weigh in on this we check them yeah so let us know Cool. That would be super fun Mm -hmm. well let's get into a quarter silver flames oh my goodness what was your favorite part of this book (laughs) <laughs> the slumber party oh i love <laughs> the, the time party. yes the part where um nesta and uh gwen and oh. uh emery are, are i don't remember why i don't even remember why nesta was mad she's probably mad at cassian or something oh it was it was after wasn't it after they're like mating but they hadn't like yeah. said mate yet yeah and he left for five days Oh, yeah, because it was right before <laughs> was, they left yeah. for the blood, right? But, yes, it's so cute. Yeah, and so all so the girls sweet. come over and, like, the house is bringing them all this random things like <laughs> mini pegasuses and they're in bubble baths with no water. They're they just little like, birds in the bubble. Yeah, just, like, having all these snacks and drinks and stuff and just fun. And I just could so imagine yes. that chaos. Of, and I, especially because I love the house's <laughs> sentience and how it responds to Nesta so much more than oh it responds to anyone God. else. Yeah. And so that scene was just like, <laughs> oh, it's like all my slumber party dreams. I <laughs> Me too. Me too. With like your best girlfriends. And yeah. I've seen some great art around oh, some fan it. art. Nice. Yeah, with them like with face masks on and stuff. <clears> and <throat> I'm like, oh my gosh, like the dream. Cute. It makes me want to host something like that. I know. Even right? if I don't have a sentient <laughs> house to bring us snacks, but I have a husband, so. There you go. He could bring us <laughs> snacks. You just, hello. <laughs> I wish I had some snacks right now. <laughs> I loved her relationship with the house. Yes. Yeah, so what was your favorite part? Oh my gosh, I think... The first part that comes to mind is when they're hiking 
And Reese is like, get her the fuck out of the city. And they're hiking, they're hiking. And she finally breaks down and tells Cassian like what's been going on and all this trauma Mm -hmm. she's had in her, in her head. And he finally like gets to understand her, Mm -hmm. but she finally starts dealing with all of the trauma and Mm -hmm. you start to understand what she's been going through and why she does the things that she does and why she is the way she is. And she knows she's mean and she knows that she doesn't want to be that way. Mm-hmm. And every single time I read it, I sob. Yes. So I loved it. Yeah. But it was that like her start of healing. Yeah. Well, and I think the part that hits me the hardest out of that too is it's so much for her to come over that hump to mm-hmm. like address it, even just herself and acknowledge that that's what's going on. But then even at the end of that, she's like, I don't even know how to approach starting apologies to the people I care about that I've hurt. Like, that's the part that I think really just like destroys me of that Uh whole scene because it takes so much to even get there yourself. But then it's like a whole nother mountain to climb to be like, well, how am I going to share that? Yeah. How are you going to remedy that with all Mm -hmm. of these people that you've already hurt? Because like they are allowed to have their own thoughts and feelings too. And it might exactly. take them a second to get over it. And that's kind of fair because you have right. hurt them. And and one of the things Cassian, one of the things she says to Cassian is, I don't believe that I deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. And he kind of like tells her his story and how like everybody deserves to be forgiven. And you just have to start. And if they can't, like that's on them. But mm-hmm. like, you know that you tried mm-hmm. and just like knowing how hard that is, like having hurt somebody like that. And then, not knowing how to move forward was so sad. Yeah, that was really gut-wrenching. Yeah. Her her trauma within this entire book, like, you learned very early on, like, first chapter about, like, like the sexual abuse that she had had. Like, it wasn't full-on sex, but, like, the guy that she had been seeing had, like, gotten onto her and she, like, fought and tried to get away from him. He was trying to take advantage of he her and to, he was yes. very close to being successful mm-hmm. until she got away. Yeah. Exactly. And so she she talks about that like, a few times in the book and of course everything that happened in the war and just like how mean and nasty she is and how much it kept like adding on to itself mm. throughout everything. Like, oh, I think when I first read this, after I had read a Court of Frost and Starlight. And even kind of this time, I was like, wow, like, this is, like, kind of brutal. But, like, at the same time, I knew where she was coming from. And so this time I was really focusing on, like, trauma. And so one of my tabs is just trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was, was a little tough to read. But I felt like I caught a lot more. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was looking for different things this time, too. Mm-hmm. But and we've kind of said that on all of yeah. the books for that reread. But, um, yeah, I definitely saw that differently, too. And I think I was more aware of all of the comments of how differently um, Nesta's mom, well, I guess the girl's yes. mom, assuming that it's the same for all mm-hmm. of them, um, like how differently she treated Nesta versus everyone else. And I think I just had a different perspective going into this yeah. read to understand how much that must have affected her. Like not only when you know they became poor, when they lost yes. all their money, but also then when she <laughs> became Faye and is again placed in this position where she's like Mm -hmm. everything I've been trained to do for my life to be told that I'm successful and to help my family I'm not capable of doing that anymore and what use am I to society now and so I think that that part really stuck out a lot more now Mm because there were were just like a couple little comments about that definitely and it was funny because in the I think it was the first chapter Feyre goes to the town or not the townhouse the uh 
the river house is that what they call it yes and the first comment she makes is no sign of my mother and no sign of me that was so sad i did not catch that the first time that broke my heart because also it begs question like why does Feyre not have anything of her mother i mean it all, all along the way and even in this book they say that too how basically Farah and Lane were daddy's girls and mm-hmm. Nesta was her mother's and that they really have yeah. that kind of separation of just, she was a lot closer with them. And Farah was really, really young when their mom died. That's Nesta true. was the oldest. And so it's also possible. She just doesn't really have that many memories of her. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the way that Farah seems to paint is a lot from memory. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's like super sad for Nesta, I think. Right, like, because but, that's who she associates herself with. Right. But I can understand why Farrah doesn't have that stuff there too because it just might not be as, I don't know. I don't want to say not as meaningful, but it might not be something she needs to remind herself of every day. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Oh, Nesta, my girl. (laughs) There are just so many points in this book that I just like, just like put my hand in my heart and just be like, oh, girl, I understand. (laughs) I know. I really, really loved though. I kind of forgot how much... Cassian backs up Nesta right away the from the very circle. beginning to the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, pretty early on already, very, he's like yeah. very much defending her and standing mm-hmm. up for her. And it's what you want to see out of a man. Exactly. You know? like exactly. That is everything you want to see <laughs> yes. somebody standing up for you when you're not there. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked to see that too. because even sometimes when they're talking about like, oh, well, we could use, you know, Nesta to do this. Nesta needs to cry. He's like, what? So Elaine is too scary for Elaine, but Nesta can do it. Yeah. Like you guys are going to treat him differently like that. And he, ab- Reese absolutely does. And then I loved the transition throughout the book. In the beginning, Asriel didn't really stand up for her. Towards the end, he was, though. And I was mm. like, yes! Because like, he was seeing how she was growing because mm-hmm. he was getting to train with them. Exactly. Oh, man, I loved it. Kind of on that note, um, did you notice when it was when Reese came to training because he brought Emery, I think that's who he was bringing mm-hmm. to the training ring. And he's mind to mind says to Nesta, Someone you nasty. better, yeah, you better treat her with respect. Oh, he said that about Gwyn mm-hmm. because he like knew her history and everything. Mm-hmm. He was like, you better be treating her with respect. Fuck off, Reese. Yeah, that pissed me off. That made me so mad. And there were so many points in this book that just reminded me how much, like last time I remembered hating Reese after, not hating, but like, being frustrated with him. Yes. After this book, because there are so many points that he just like isn't the best. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I don't like Reese in this book and I think we're not supposed to, right? Because we're seeing mm-hmm. it from Nesta's point of view and they have a strained relationship. But yeah, he's just, he's kind of a dick and I guess that yeah. he's stressing over the baby thing, but man, he's just kind of a dick. Although, yeah. okay, one thing that I noticed weirder this time <laughs> with Reese than I did last time, does it catch you off guard that he just always seems ready for mind speak with people that aren't in the room with him? Like there were <sighs> multiple times mm-hmm. where somebody would just be like when Cassian was up late at night yeah. and all of a sudden Reese is just in his mind it talking mind. to him. Like, yeah. did that, that was come really off odd. as weird to you? Uh-huh. And then at one point he even says more is too far away to mind speak. I didn't realize that was just like an open field that you can just like, like what? Uh, yeah, I guess. And I, I don't know. So that was just weirder to me this time. So I'm mm-hmm. like, is he just always listening or like how? 
how is how he initiating that? Well, like, how did he even know to look for Cassian to be awake to talk to he him? Was you know, in I mean? his bed, and it was like three in the morning or something. Yes. And so I just, I don't know. That really was like mm-hmm. a moment of this is weird for Reese. I think, like, for me to yeah. think about how consistently he's kind of, and I think especially because the discussion of him coming up as a high king and uh-huh. some of the other stuff. And, you know, again, he's got all this so much more power than everybody else and blah, blah, right. blah. I don't know. And so it just made me like a little uncomfortable thinking about that. Cause I'm like, I don't know if it was just convenient yeah, that he happened to look for or that. Or he's just always or He's just, yeah, I don't know. It's so odd. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he, they do say that some people from like recent Farrah's point of view have like, like Nesta's was like a solid black stone. Right. And so I think she can block it out and Elaine could kind of too. Right. But like was Cassian just like vulnerable and couldn't block it out? I or? mean, or maybe he was subconsciously reaching, I guess. And yeah. I think that's kind of what we're supposed to assume. And obviously it's a comfort to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm reading too far into that. I no, just, no. I thought yeah. it was also a point of interest. I Speaking of him, like talking about him being high king. Yeah. I this time really, really caught how adamant he was about not being high king and it's like what are you hiding reese what what's the reason you cannot be high king because he was like no i cannot and that's the end of discussion and even amarin makes this oh gosh let me find that quote where that she makes oh well there it is perfect um she goes well very well then reese and but know that the cauldron's benevolence will extend to you for only so long before it's offered to another mm-hmm um also Amran, how do you know that mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you know and second reese why are you so adamant like like why are you so against it that yeah you, yeah i know and some of it is the he doesn't feel like he deserves it right that's mm-hmm. that's what he vocalizes at least a little bit but it does make me wonder because if he's if peace is the most important thing to him wouldn't he be yeah. willing to suck it up and do it i know and it just in like all the other books and stuff, it's so clear how much he will sacrifice for his people. But you wouldn't, like, why wouldn't you do that for everybody in Prithian? It doesn't, I don't know. It just, that seemed a little off to me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Amran was so adamant about him being hiking too at the same time, just, Yeah. Yeah. So foreshadowing, do you think that somebody will eventually become high king or queen? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. And I think that's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I'm assuming that it'll be Feyre or Reese, but mm-hmm. then that comment from Amarin saying yeah. that basically that, you know, Cauldron's granting you this extra power if you aren't shit or get off the pot, right? Yep. Like if you aren't going to do it then Give it maybe somebody it'll somebody else will be granted with all these powers right in the hmm. same way that like elaine right like the yeah. cauldron likes elaine <clears throat> oh, who knows yeah. maybe it's gonna all of a sudden be like mm, take it away from you and give it to her yeah like, yeah i don't know oh, that would be so interesting to see yeah oh, what did you think about reese's protection on <sighs> Feyre this time <laughs> i mean the shield i didn't really care about i guess but him hiding it from her really oh pissed my me off God. still. I, and that everybody knew. But Thera. 
And I understand that they're trying to be like, oh, well, we didn't want to stress her out. No. No. That's not. And that he didn't tell everybody about the deal that they had. Uh Uh-huh. That's the part why I was like, I can't believe that they didn't share that information because there's a lot of planning that needed to go around that. Like if they really would have both died, they just were going to leave the night court with absolutely nobody in charge. Like Exactly. And with everything like with all of that happening they were doing so much research on the side they were all looking into it they had multiple people outside of the inner circle like looking into stuff like this Mm -hmm. and she still didn't know and I think that it hit me especially hard when Nesta granted she did it out of anger but when she blurts out like your baby is going to kill you and even your precious mate hasn't told you and Pharaoh was just devastated yeah yeah that was a low blow it was a low blow but at the same time I didn't see it as as much of a low blow this time because Nesta was pissed because she wasn't being told things exactly and so now she's like well she was projecting. She yeah. was. She was absolutely projecting. And she was like, well, you're acting like I'm doing all this stuff. Like, you have no idea what's even going on behind your back. And I thought it was actually good that it came from Nesta and not from Amran or Cassian or Azriel, Because, like, they're family. And they've kind of said, like, they're always going to kind of, like, duke it out or whatever. But they're always going to be family. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I... What do you think of Reese's reaction when Nestor told her? I mean, fair. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, I am glad that Farah found out. I think yes. she needed to find out, but I disagree. I don't think that that was the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think that Reese should have told her. That's really what, that's the oh, only yeah. person, mean, that's the only choice. person that I think would have been the right person. For sure. And I think that Nestor was only telling her to intentionally hurt her, her and okay. everybody. And so whether or not the end result was fine. I don't think it was for the right reasons. And so I, it actually, I was still upset with her for that, but I mean, she's upset with herself too. And she understands that Mm -hmm. sometimes you say things in the moment that, you know, you shouldn't have, and Mm -hmm. you know, we all do it. Um, so I don't know. I think Reese's reaction was kind of fair because he had been keeping, he had, he had a plan for what he was wanting to do, whether or not that was the right plan. And she was aware of it and intentionally went against that. And in a way that, I don't know on a whim could like the way that it came off like that could have really upset Farah Mm -hmm. more than if it had been approached calmly. Right. Like coming off as a surprise. So if the whole concern was that her being stressed, like getting that stressed out about it or anxious might hurt the baby, then that was like the worst way to find out. Right. Is to be caught off guard in a a high emotion thing. So I'm, I don't know. I I kind of feel like his reaction was fair. I guess I just kind of think like if I found out that this was ha- what was happening about my sister and everybody was keeping it from her, like I, I'd probably be the first one to be like, hey, guess what? Like I would be so upset. And Nessa had made multiple comments about like how wrong it was that they were hiding this from her. Mm-hmm. And she like almost told her it felt like a few different times. And when they were like having conversations and she would think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, I guess I just put myself in the situation and like, yes, it was absolutely done in the wrong way. Um, but I don't know. I felt like Reese saying at the end of it, like get her the fuck out of the city before I kill her. was like a little much. Yeah, he's being dramatic. <clears throat> I don't think he yeah. was actually going to kill her. Yeah. And remember even like the first day after they're up in the mountains hiking and Cassian has said 
like when we're in his point of view, he's like said something about how Reese has already cooled off, but well, he's just like, oh, we're going to do this hike anyways, because we're going to, he was talking he to Feyre. He, oh, Feyre, whatever. Speak to Reese, but he was talking to Feyre and Feyre was like, oh, Reese he's already, way overreacted. Yeah. But and she's like, give him some time to cool off. Kind of. But she also said like, oh, kind of like he realized, already realizes that he overreacted. You guys are fine. Yeah. So. And they're like, know. oh, we're going to keep going. <laughs> right. And then it, he was like, oh, this is good for us anyways. Yeah. It ended up being really good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. I know. Oh, did you notice um, in this book, I felt like it was very different, the relationship between Az and Elaine. Mm. Because in the last book, they were super like flirty and would look across the room at each other. And in this book, Az couldn't even be in the same room as her. Yeah, because he's, like, being all weird about the Lucian stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, I had marked, I don't know, a couple of different points of kind of the as and Elaine versus as and Gwen. Yeah. And that difference. And But maybe even before I get into that, mm-hmm. I kind of just want to talk about Elaine mm. in general. Mm-hmm. Because there were two things. Let me find where they were. There were two two scenes in particular with Elaine that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. The first one was like earlier on. So this is actually, I just realized you were good. Since you have the paperback, they might be different pages. But oh, it's see. around two thirty-two. Okay. Um, if you have the American hardcover, that's, that's that one. Um, <laughs> but it's when they're talking about like, who's going to try and track down the cauldron in there. And Nesta's kind of freaking oh, out. Mm-hmm. She's like, it nearly killed me. I don't want to do that. And, then when they're like, oh, well, maybe Elaine can do it. And Nessa says, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And Elaine goes, why shall I tend to my little garden forever? <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't resent my decision to lead a small, quiet life while also refusing to let me do anything greater. And uh-huh. I think that's one of the first moments we really see Elaine have a backbone. Yep. And it, again, it makes me wonder what's going on in her head, right? But I, I think that she has more of a backbone than mm-hmm. people are considering and that she is intentionally falling into this quieter life space because that's what she thinks people expect of her. Yeah. Because there's also another moment then that was later on that was talking about, this is like 470 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's telling the story of, uh, Nesta like dancing kind of to piss off the other person. <laughs> yeah, right. That Which was, was so funny. Hilarious. But she's talking about like, all of the things that she's observing of Nesta's because Nesta didn't talk to her about that. She's just Mm -hmm. observing that. And she specifically says, Nesta never spoke of it afterward. I just observed. And I think that Elaine has a lot better idea of what's going on everywhere. Like I think she's paying really close attention. And I think this is showing us how much deeper she probably knows the inner circle and everybody around her again, than people are giving her credit for. Yes. So with that in mind now, yeah, coming back to the as and um, uh, as and Elaine or Lucian and Elaine or right. as and Gwen or whatever. Reading it this time, I'm on the Elaine and Lucian front because <gasps> really, yeah, because I think that as would baby her, and I think that reading through some of the subtext on this this time. I think, I don't know that she wants to be babied. I kind of think. She wants to have her own. I kind of think that she would do well with a little bit of a challenge or someone to kind of like force her to come out of her shell a little bit. And I think that Az would let her 
just be quiet and sweet and whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I reading oh it about that time, it actually flipped me because the first time I read it, I was all obviously like, oh, yeah. oh the Alice. three bat boys and the three girls. Yeah. But I don't know. <clears throat> just like behaviorally, I kind of would like that better this time. Versus, Interesting. Versus I feel like Gwen and her relationship with Az or her interactions with Az. They're um, both like a little more quiet and a little... I wouldn't, maybe Gwen's not reserved, but like maybe more reserved kind of than reserved we think. a little bit, but, yeah. um, I don't know. I think the difference is like, obviously through the Valkyrie training, she learns to be strong and yes. stand up for herself, but it's not that I think that he would baby her, but I feel like she would like and benefit from that softness a from like bit. a protector yeah like yeah. i actually think that she would like that where you know? we've been led to believe that elaine needs a protector and we're kind of starting to see maybe she doesn't so much well at least that's just my opinion so no, what about I love you it. that was that was a whole rant so what, what no, are your thoughts on it. elaine and then elaine and as or elaine and lucian this time i i had a lot less of excitement for Elaine and S. Maybe not so much more excitement for Lucian. So that's exciting. I love that. But I definitely got some like weirder vibes from it. And I wasn't all like all excited about it like I was before. Yeah. And especially I think like we know the scene was taken out. But like when Nesta, <laughs> <laughs> when Nesta looks at Cassie and S. SJM did us dirty. SJM did us dirty. That scene mm. with the three of them, if you know, you know, <laughs> should not have been cut. <laughs> How was that the scene that was cut? Like, you can't tell us that as is dirty and then put that in the book and then not give it to us. <laughs> I just got too many questions of, of what as's style would be. So same, same she really did us here. dirty. <laughs> and so when... Nesta is talking about like how beautiful the ass is. Now she's curious about what he'd be like in bed and what they would be like in bed together. Mm -hmm. I was like, it kind of stopped my thought on Elaine and Asriel because I was like, I, uh, I don't, if Nesta has seen any point in time, them being like a little bit flirty or whatever, why would she ever go there with both of them? Mm -hmm. I would agree, except that <laughs> Reese is also a shameless flirt with all of his friends because there's a yeah. couple times where he like kind of jokingly um, propositions that with mm. Feyre, with Helion, <laughs> and probably with Cass and, yeah. and um, As. Like I feel like they both kind of make comments about right. that, and so that's the only reason yeah. why I maybe not write because I that's another sister, and I feel like even Feyre is like, whoo, I mean, but like they I are no. So hot. <laughs> So, you know. Oh my gosh. It makes me there are so 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 many good theories on TikTok and Instagram that I'm just like I really have no idea how this is going to play out. Yeah. I I thought I'd feel more sure coming out of this book who I thought Elaine was going to end up with yeah. or who I thought Az was going to end up with and I still really am mm -hmm. not sold. Same. Same here. On the note of relationships, I loved how flustered Emery got when Moore showed up. <laughs> it's so cute. It was so precious. And they talk about like her cheeks blushing <laughs> and stuff whenever Moore's around. Yeah, oh my God, it's She's so, so beautiful. Cute. Although the funniest part was I remembered them interacting more. And then I read yeah. this book. They really don't interact very much Not at, at all. all. She just like is 
present a couple times but it was even cuter honestly like it was so precious and i loved it so much i still think that has to happen it has has to be a couple that comes together there has been so many plays into more be like now that we know that she's not openly even i guess semi semi let's say yeah she didn't come out to the rest of inner circle Uh -uh, just just vera oh yeah but I think it's going to be like a secret lover mm. and we're going to get it from her point of view. Oh, that'd be so cute. I would I love so that. Too. I would love a more book. Speaking of more. Yeah. What is more doing this whole book? She is MIA. She's over in what Valhara or whatever. Is that yes. What is? But that's kind of all we know. She's off doing something. Yeah. Uh, Clotho, Clotho. Is that how? Yeah. The name? Yeah. Is researching something for more in the library. Mm-hmm. We know that. We don't know what it is though. What the heck is she doing? I no idea. Forming political alliances, I think, what our uh, assumption is supposed right. to be. But from Frost and Starlight, she before she even went over there, she had that other house mm-hmm. and weird things going on there. Yep. I, yeah, I don't know. But I was surprised because I thought she would be like she was gone a lot in this book, right? But I thought she was going to be gone more mm. because there were like like she would just show up at the training center and she would mm-hmm. just show up like at the house, and I was like, oh, she's back. Oh, she's back. Oh, she's back from where? Mm-hmm. Doing what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, questions. Definitely leading into another book. Yeah. I, oh, I, I've seen a theory on TikTok that more is going to be the traitor. Oh. And kind of reading through this book, since she was gone and people didn't really know what she was doing, and Reese even makes a comment like, oh, she's too far to mind speak. I have no idea what's going on over there. Mm. Unfortunately, I could kind of see that happening. Oh, man, that'd be so sad. That would be so tough. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I, I also, after reading this, can see why, at least me, but I think a lot of people forget about that house and that whatever darkness that was watching her from the Mm -hmm. um, forest from the end of frost and starlight, because obviously Mm -hmm. that doesn't come up at all in this book. And that was like one page of just, Oh, that's weird. And then you never think about it again. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, that brought up more questions for me for more too. So Mm -hmm. as much as I don't want her to be the traitor, I could, I could unfortunately see see it. And then Mm. kind of also going alongside, like, her relationship with Nesta. So in the very beginning of the book, she says to her, like, I know people like you and they don't deserve redemption. Oh, as she holds her stomach. Oh my God. I didn't catch that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Her, that, that scene. <gasps> um, I think. Stop. Let me see if I can. It was on page 75. It. 75. <clears throat> I'm sorry. What did not catch yeah, that she, part? Like, she hold, touches her abdomen as she says that. Um, basically saying, Yeah. Her hand drifted <gasps> to her abdomen. Stop. And so I think she's like imagining the um, autumn court people who, or no, her dad, sorry, the, the yeah, court of nightmares yeah. people that stabbed <gasps> her um, with that stake or whatever. That's why everybody thinks she was a child. Yeah. Because oh, it was like in, her, in her abdomen. So that that's where I think that theory comes from. I did not even care. I literally highlighted everything but that part. Yeah. <laughs> what? But okay. So then speaking of that scene, Iris. Hmm. What are your thoughts mm. on Eris in this book? You know, okay, going into this book, I was totally on the page that he was an ally and that he is, he's their friend and all this stuff. And 
I feel very differently after reading this book. Like he is much more morally gray than I thought he was going to be. And especially after, after he dances with Nesta and he's like, I will marry you today. Like, (laughs) like let me have your hand and Reese is like well that's up to her and she says no and he gets so violently upset and Mm. I I don't know that kind of changed my mind a little bit yeah I think he's playing both sides Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know that I try (sighs) the all the discussions that he has with people of being like you don't know the real story with more like she does but she's not willing to share it kind of Uh stuff I haven't decided if I think that's just talk or if I do think there's more to that story that more hasn't shared. Um, And originally I thought that that meant that maybe Eris could be be trusted more, but Mm -hmm. I I do think he's playing both sides. I I, do too. Which, yeah, I don't know. And it's just because he wants whatever is going to get him in power, I guess. Exactly. And he shows that to Reese when he asked for Nessa's hand. Yeah, I think so too. Well, especially with the expectation that he, mm-hmm. she would be his property, basically. Exactly. Right? That's, that's how he treats it. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. So curious on what actually happened that day with Moore. And why isn't why hasn't she shared it? It's been now brought up multiple times in multiple books that she is not sharing the full story of what happened. I'm like, what? Why are you not sharing this with the people that you're closest with that you can trust? Like, is it going to make you look bad? That's what I think. I think that she did. I mean, beyond the embarrassment of probably realizing that doing that with Cassian was maybe not the like was a little bit of a bad call, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least to go about it that way was a little bit of a bad call. I think she probably did something stupid and is embarrassed or like, I don't know, feels anxious about what her behavior was that caused that. Yeah. I wonder if, like, if she was with child, if she had also maybe done something with Eris, and so he thought maybe he had an heir. Mm. Or, I don't know, because I... I don't think she would have done something with Eris because even the Cassian thing seemed forced. Like she was like, oh, I just want to get this over with so that. uh." Right. But as we see with Feyre, if you have an Illyrian baby and you're not an Illyrian, she wouldn't have been able to give birth to that baby anyway. Oh. Huh. (laughs) I'll have to think on that one. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how I think about that. Yeah. I just just question it because I'm like, we've been seeing this with Feyre, like, it would be no different with more unless, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I don't know. I'm huh. sure. <clears throat> I totally lost my thought. I had a thought. Oh, um, <laughs> speaking of Illyrian babies, mm-hmm. Nesta changed her body to match uh-huh. Farah, but not Elaine's. Yes. What do you think? Were there, was there anything else you caught with that? Oh, you know, well, (laughs) after kind of talking about how maybe we're not the biggest fans of Elaine and Asriel after this book, maybe Nesta knows and can see just like Elaine is seeing with Nesta. Maybe she's watching Mm -hmm. Elaine closely enough to see other things from her as well. Mm -hmm. And so maybe... Maybe she knows Elaine either doesn't want kids or can't have kids or something happened. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she just knows that it's not going to be with Asriel. I don't know. Right. 
The only thing that I, <laughs> I don't know. So the, then devil's advocate to be on the Asriel yeah. side for a moment. <laughs> And on, okay, so it's on 241. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Get there. So Cassian's talking with Asriel Mm -hmm. about babies in general, and Cassian's saying how he's so happy for Reese, blah, blah, blah. And Cass looks over at Az and says, you think you'll ever be ready for one? And Az says, I don't know. He goes, do you want a child? It doesn't matter what I want. Hmm. Yep. So I wonder if he can't have kids. I wonder. And that's why Elaine's body didn't have to change. Maybe he can't have kids anyways. Like, yeah. we know that there was a lot of abuse that happened early in his childhood, and we yeah. don't necessarily know the extent of it besides the burns that are visible. Right. But I don't, I yep. don't know. I wondered the same exact thing, and it brought me back to that as well. But then after that, Cassian thinks he was still happy to be Moore's buffer with Asriel, but there'd been a change lately in mm-hmm. both of them. Moore no longer sat beside Cassian, draped herself over him, and Asriel, those longing glances towards her had become few and far between, as if he'd given up. After 500 years, he'd somehow given up, and Cassian couldn't think why. Mm -hmm. And so part of me thinks, like, I mean, maybe he is just, like, giving up and, like, doesn't want anything to do with anybody. I got that vibe a little bit in this book, too, because... Even when um, they're talking very early in the book of why Az stays up at the House of Wind, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't know. He's Az. He likes his space. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. And there's, <laughs> that was one of the things I had marked too. I'm like, <laughs> what is Az doing this, during this book too? Because, um, yeah. Because Reese makes a comment about how Az is like, I don't know, overcommitted basically. And mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to put more on his plate. And that's why he tries to hand some of the, like courtier stuff off to right. um, Cassian. Uh, but when As comes back from whatever little missions he's doing, he always seems like he was pretty quiet, you know, yes. like even more so than seemed normal. Right. Like that he was a little reserved and not wanting to interact with them up there. Uh huh. And he didn't ever talk about what he was doing. Mm-mm. Which, as spy master, I guess you can't be expected to share everything necessarily. True. But yeah. I, it seemed more than was expected and he did seem yeah. even more mellow than he had in the other books. Yeah. So in these, in this book, we were basically missing more and we were missing Azrael. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. as is like around, it's just, we don't know what else he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like when they're gone, it's quiet. Yeah. We don't yeah. have an inkling of what is going on with that. Yeah. I'm just really curious what else he's working on. Oh. He's not there. Kind of back on the, the more train a little bit. Um, Towards the end of the book, so, of course, like, her and Nesta, like, did not like each other in the beginning. Yes. But at the end, Mork goes, I would like to come and train with you. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting. But as we've been talking about how she might be the traitor, do we really want her to train as a Valkyrie? I if do. she's going to be the traitor? I could see that as, like, a potential path, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the most likely. Yeah. That's, for me, at least. Yeah. it's the most likely, but... So, yes, I want her to come train. I think it'd be cute. But actually, you know what? Maybe I don't. Maybe I like that it's (laughs) just Nesta's thing with her friends that she's building with the priestesses and stuff. But you got to remember, you know, Moore also went through her own trauma. So maybe she does fit in that group of women. So maybe, yeah, maybe she does need to, like, help get all of her trauma out, too. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really sweet that she, like, had come around and she was like, well, can I train with you? (laughs) Yeah, that was cute. That was definitely cute. Oh, Valkyries. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so what powers do you think Nesta will have now? Because they talk early earlier in the book mm-hmm. that she has no high fae powers. She only yeah. has what she took from the cauldron. And now she to save Feyre, she gave up back to the cauldron. Besides, Which I hate that trope. I know. Besides <laughs> the one little piece of power that some magical being mm-hmm. seems to like yeah. let her keep which did she, that seem familiar to throw in a glass at all to you uh-huh yeah it definitely did <gasps> yeah but she even said it felt like someone wouldn't let her take all of it mm-hmm. and i caught that specifically mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of power she's gonna have I, oh gosh because even her power kind of like when she was on the mountain and she finally let it out mm-hmm. seemed a lot like the Illyrian killing power. And I felt like we didn't get as much of a description of it that I maybe would have liked. When she was unmaking the queen? Is that what you're talking about or when? Yes. But it was like, so that's what she did to the queen. But like, she also said that it just like exploded and that's what happened. So she just like unmakes things. Is that, was that the power? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I got the sense that her power could be used in a lot of ways. And maybe okay. that was one of them. Um, because she was just like so mad about the queen, like didn't yeah. want the queen to exist. So she literally just made her not exist. Like, which, was when, <laughs> which yeah. I guess and the, the way they described it from going from like an old crone to mm-hmm. young again, to then just not existing. It like almost felt like a going backwards through time. It kind did. Of thing, yes. Which was interesting. Um, I'm also curious to see if she still has the same connection to the dead trove. Yes. Um, now that she's given back the cauldron's power. Cause I didn't totally understand if mm-hmm. part of her draw to it was because of what she had taken from the cauldron or if it's just because she was made by the cauldron yeah. also. Um, Cause so that's I, what the crone said. Right. Yeah, right. that's what the like calls to like. Right. And she had also, since she was made, right, had like also had access to all of it. Mm-hmm. So that would be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, since we had so much that we had to say today, as always with these SJM books, we are going to do a part two. So we're going to cut it off here. Yeah. We'll so see you next time. See you guys next time. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep Keep it spicy, book lovers!